This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Friday afternoon here in a beautiful wintry Johannesburg day. Thank you all for being with us. A very, very warm welcome to all of you for joining our, our show this week. It's once so wonderful to have a fantastic uh, family like our radio family like ours. And yes, we're into the, uh, into the three weeks, into the, actually, we're actually into the nine days. Today is, if you, in case you missed it, today is Rosh Chodesh Av, which is the, actually the, the yard site of Aaron Hakoyen, as, uh, as, as actually we read about in this week's Pasha. Quite interestingly, the only person in the, in the whole Torah. Who were actually told what his yard site was? Everything else is 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 tradition or uh, medrash. Some it's really just uh, 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 things that are brought down, not necessarily with a with a uh, a, a source. In fact, even in terms of uh, Aaron, we had a discussion as to uh, whether or not the day that that uh, Aaron died was in fact on on Shabbos. It, a, it came about, and perhaps we we'll talk. We have a Hilkas Shabbos shows, and maybe we'll just uh, mention a, a concept here, and then I'll just tell you something short on on the Pasha in the in the Zemiras that we say on on Friday night in the Zemira uh, titled Kol Mekadesh Shavi. Koroilai starts with the word whoever sanctifies the Shabbos day as is appropriate, as it should be treated. So uh, we, we there's a phrase there that uh, we praise Hamaachlim Lotseismin HaShabbos, those who delay leaving the Shabbos. In other words, they keep the Shabbos longer than they than they need to. They don't end. They don't look at the at the uh, Luach necessarily ends as oh Shabbos ends this week at uh, at six fourteen. So we'll uh, we'll you know we better uh, uh, yeah we better end exactly at then. And if we're a minute late, well we'll probably be late for the eight o'clock show or, or something or something like that. Amaachim not says when the Shabbos they they're prepared to to come late out of out of uh, out of Shabbos. And and then umemarim lavoi, but when it comes to the beginning of the Shabbos, when it comes to starting the Shabbos on Friday afternoon, umemarim, they're in a big hurry to try to start Shabbos as early as 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 possible. Not to be understood that umemarim, they're always in this huge rush because you know, like somehow it happens in our lives that uh, as those last minutes of Shabbos come, we are somehow in this great tizzy and and frenzy, and everything is going, and everything everything is always a hurry. No, that's not what it means. Umemarim, lovely, they try to move themselves and get themselves prepared earlier on on Shabbos, on Friday, so that they can come into Shabbos and start the Shabbos earlier than in the last. In the last minute, which is a, a, a beautiful, beautiful concept. The question that all the commentaries ask on this on this phrase from the Zemira is that surely it seems to be entirely and completely backwards. That really it should say, Hamimarin Lovoyela Shabbos, 
they hurry to try to start the Shabbos as quickly as possible. And then, and when Shabbos is over, they take their time about going out of Shabbos. They're not in a hurry to leave. Why does it talk about leaving Shabbos and then to, and then talk about coming into Shabbos? That seems a little bit ungekert. That seems a little bit uh, backwards. So the the concept is it's brought in the uh, in the sefer called Ma'ayros Hashabbos, which is a, a a very nice book that was put out uh, with many of the laws of of Shabbos. It's also brought slight variation in, in a sefer called Iture Torah, where he, he explains that what is the whole concept of why we uh, have to, uh, you know, Shabbos we know is really a 24-hour activity. It should start from, you know, Friday night when it gets dark and go until Shabbos night when it gets dark. We don't, you don't need long nights. It's one, it's one day. Why does it end up being virtually 25 hours? And, and the, and the, of course the concept is that we don't know exactly how to tell, how to tell, or certainly in the time of, uh, of Chazal, they didn't know exactly, they didn't have, they didn't have a sort of a digital clocks and, and, and things like that, and at exactly what time it was dark, or looks quite dark, is it actually, is it actually dark yet, has Shabbos started, and of course, the, the, the stakes we are playing for are quite quite high because if you think that uh, Shabbos hasn't started and you go on doing your weekly activities and of course really you've made a mistake and it actually has started, well then that's quite quite serious and obviously the the opposite is also is also true. If you uh, uh, think that Shabbos is already over, oh, it must be now, it must be already Motzei Shabbos, and it really isn't, that's quite serious. So we need a cushion. We need to add extra time. We need to start Shabbos while it's still good time in, in, in the day, and we need to end the Shabbos uh, yeah, uh, uh, a little bit later than, than when three... Uh, small stars come out because we might get that we might get that that wrong. Chazal tell us that we know that uh, in the midbar in the in the desert the Jews were completely and totally surrounded by the Anani Hakovid by the clouds of glory that surrounded them on all sides and and really completely and totally kind of uh, a created an environment in which they could in which they could uh, they could exist it, it 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 was temperature control it was when they were traveling it would smooth out all the ro- roads there were no big mountains there were no deep valleys there were no rocks and crevices and snakes and all sorts of hazards of the journey that normally one would have to contend with when one travels that wasn't even an issue as far as they was concerned they just traveled and they are not covered sorted out everything for 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 them in fact Another thing that the Ananya cover did was it completely, completely shielded them to the extent where 
they never saw the sun or the moon during the 40 years they were in the they were in the desert well if so how did they uh, how did they know when when day started how do they know when it was when they should have chakras how do they know when they should have my how do they know when it was day or, or night ah so we know that the jews were were led by a cloud at day and by a pillar of fire at at night when did that transition take place well that transition took place at exactly the moment when it was it uh, it turned from day to night. The moment it turned from day to night, the cloud would go away. The pillar of fire would come, and when it came in the morning, exactly the the opposite. In fact, the medicine brings that there was a prep time when it sort of started getting dark. The cloud would turn reddish, and they would they would know that night was uh, was was approaching. But but. Uh, but they knew exactly. They knew exactly when night was. So, so in in terms of the of the desert, there was actually no need at all for them to add on time to their Shabbos. Because our whole reason we said for adding on to the Shabbos, starting early and ending late, was because we don't actually know what the exact moment is when Shabbos begins and ends. So we have to approximate. We've got to we got to err on the side. Of, of caution and make sure we have we have the a lot of time the, the the specific amount of moments that are that will be Shabbos and not God forbid God forbid less but HaKadosh Baruch Hu Hashem knows exactly the moments when Hashem says exactly you can set your clock by it that's exactly when it's going to it's going to happen and that in fact is a uh, is a uh, is what happened. So they didn't need to know day and night to the extent where even, even Rosh Chodesh, we have a whole Mishnah, so you have whole discussions of the Gemara about, uh, the system of how they knew it was Rosh Chodesh in the time of the Basin Mikdash where witnesses would come and they would come to Bezin and Bezin would cross-examine them to make sure that they, they had the, yeah, they, they were honest witnesses and, and, uh, the Bezin could agree with the story they were, they were telling. In the midbar, that didn't happen at all. In 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 the midbar, they actually worked the way we worked. They had a calendar. They knew when uh, they knew when uh, uh, yeah would be based on a on a calculation, not on seeing because they never saw. They never saw the the moon the moon at uh, at all. In fact, that uh, actually explains uh, an amazing. An amazing bubble. I'll, I'll get to that in one in in one moment. Now, uh, so every Shabbos they knew exactly when Shabbos would begin and when Shabbos would would end. Now, Chazal tell us that there were three tremendous leaders of the Jewish nation at the time, and one uh, uh, each one of them uh, bequeathed to us an, an amazing amazing gift. Where it says that. The, the man, the food that we ate, the man we ate in the desert, that came to us in the merit of, of Moshe Rabbeinu, of Moshe himself. The clouds, the, the clouds of glory came to us in the schus of Aaron Akoyen, of Aaron the high priest. 
and the traveling well of water that was with the Jews wherever they went and wherever they went and provided a source of water for them at all times and in all places that came in the merit of of uh, of Miriam. So comes the Ma'arisa Shabbos and says there is a tradition that in that year the Rosh Chodesh Av Aleph Av was on a Shabbos. And Aaron Akain actually passed away on on Shabbos. So therefore, he says the what it says in the Zemiro makes perfect sense. Because Friday night when that particular Shabbos, let's say it was a uh, it was uh, Shabbos Pashas, whatever whatever Matas Masay Torah didn't exist then. But that Shabbos began. Okay. Did they know when Shabbos began? Absolutely, because they had their Ananya covered. They knew the moment the, the, the pillar of fire came, it's Shabbos, fine, Shabbos started. And Shabbos continued. Shabbos morning, unfortunately, Aranakoin passed away. The Nistalku Ananya covered, and the clouds of glory went went away, disappeared. There's all discussion where they came back, and they came back later in the in the uh, in the merit of of Moshe Rabbeinu, but they were certainly gone for a period of uh, of time, which is why we learned in the parsha uh, t- uh, two weeks ago that uh, that's why the Kananim came to do battle because the Ananiyakov was no longer there. So now, during the course of Shabbos, Aaron dies. The Ananiyakov would go away. Oi. How are we going to end Shabbos? We don't know exactly when Shabbos ends. Therefore, it was necessary for them to wait until they were absolutely certain that they were sure beyond the the you know, the shadow of a doubt that in fact uh, Shabbos was was uh, over and that they could uh, and that they could make uh, you know, that Shabbos is over and, and that they could uh, make Avdol. So that's why it says, Hamaachim Lotes Ben Shabbos. When was the very, very first time that the Jews had to rely? From the time they had received Shabbos, when was the very, very first time they had to rely on adding extra time to Shabbos? That was Ma'achim Lotes. That was on the Shabbos on which Aaron died to, to decide what was actually the termination point of that Shabbos that they needed to add on. And then subsequently, Obviously, the next Shabbos they would they would do it again. But the first time they ever did it was Hamaachrim Lotzeis Lotzeis Min 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 HaShabbos. The Gemara explained so beautifully that I alluded to was we're not there yet. But uh, please God, in 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 uh, two weeks' time, we'll we'll come to the the special day of of uh, the fifteenth of Av of Tuba Av, which Gemara says was one of the great Yamim Toivim. Uh, for the for the Jewish the Jewish nation and one of the reasons given is because that was the day that the those who died in the in the desert actually stopped dying and the Gemara tells us that uh, although it had been decreed that the entire generation all six hundred thousand Jews were going to die in the in the desert uh, none were going to go into Israel except Kalev and and Yeshua. But uh, in order to uh, not uh, impose too much of a burden on the Hebrew Kadisha, Hashem decided he would do it over the f- entire 40-year period. And we know what happened was every year on Tisha B'Av, all the Jews went and dug their own 
their own graves and went to sleep in their graves. And in the morning, a bus pole would come up and say, Uru Yishenim, let the people, those who can get up, uh, get up. And everyone did, except for 15,000 people who were the, the ones that would die that year. They, they, didn't, they didn't get up. And that carried on for... Uh, 39 years, and in the in the 40th year, so it came to Tishbov, and there were only 15,000 left to die. So they obviously went and dug their graves and went to sleep that that night, and they woke up in the morning, and they said, "This can't be. This, this was our time to die. This was our curtain call. You know why are we still here? Oh, we must have somehow our, our calculation must have been wrong. Maybe it isn't yet." Uh, Tishbov will try it again the next night, and the one says they tried it every night until the fifteenth uh, of Av, and then there was a full moon, and they said, "Well, no, this is already full full moon. Definitely Tishbov has passed." And they knew that the decree had been lifted, and that last fifteen thousand people had not died, which in itself is a an entire discussion. If there was a decree on the entire Jewish nation that had to die, why was it, in fact, that only 585,000 died and the last 15,000 didn't die? But that's for another That's for another day. The question on this morning is, well, we said that the Jews never saw the moon or the sun during the time they were in the, in the desert. How did they know it was a full moon? And the answer is based on based on what we said that when Aaron Akoin died, which was on Rosh Chodesh Av, then the Ananya covered went away, and and when the Ananya covered went away, then of course they were able to see the moon and they could make that calculation and realize that they were that they were all a a uh, okay. Just a nice little idea. Uh, we're going to take a break now and then come back with a little bit of our Hilchus Shabbos segment, Children on on Shabbos. You are listening to Soul to Soul on Chai FM 101.9 Chai FM, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchus Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul. We're back with you on Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Matos Masay, the, so they say, the mother of all Kriyas HaTorah, of all lanings of the year. It's the longest Kriyas HaTorah of, of, of the year, the double Pasha that with which we will conclude Sefer Bamidbar, which conclude the fourth, the fourth, uh, book of the Torah, Chazak, Chazak, Venis, Venis Chazek. As I mentioned, it already is the, uh, the nine days, but because today is Friday and uh, and Rosh Chodesh, certainly in terms of preparing for Shabbos, one would be allowed to have a uh, a hot a hot bath uh, 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 today, uh, and could even cut one's nails. There's a whole dispute about cutting one's nails during the nine days, but certainly today one one can uh, one can do that. The important times we need to know for this uh, this Shabbos is the latest time for uh, lighting Shabbos candles tonight, the absolute latest time that you have to have them done uh, by in order not to break any uh, any of the any of the laws would be at 514 514 is the absolute latest time for for Shabbos uh, Shabbos Kodesh Ends to 
tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night at, I think it's seven minutes past six, my memory, and I don't have it right in front of me, but I think it's, yeah, seven minutes past past six tomorrow night. If not, then you'll have to be ma'achrin lot seis minashabas. You'll have to push it off uh, a little, a little, uh, a little bit. Um, Right, as I said, this is Shabbos Kodesh uh, Matas Masse. We read the special, the second of the special Haftoras of, of of sadness of the prophecy of of uh, Yemio. This time, the second, the second, uh, the second uh, uh, Perik. And of course, uh, although the laws of mourning are generally waived on Shabbos, as soon as Shabbos is over, we go back into the nine-day mode and uh, uh, making Havdalah. On on Moitzei Shabbos, there are various different ways people people do it. Either one gives the drink the the wine to drink to a child, uh, or or uh, one uh, some people make it over over beer. Uh, if one doesn't have those options, one's not a beer drinker, or there aren't you don't have children uh, sort of between the age of of seven and and, and nine or ten to to do it, then one certainly could. Uh, uh, Drink the wine or grape juice oneself, since of course uh, this really is part of the uh, termination of Shabbos of Shabbos uh, uh, a cer- ceremony. We were dealing last time with the laws of of children on on Shabbos. Uh, in the last year, we spoke extensively about the games children play and the games children are allowed to play. We focused last time mostly on on indoor. Games, sort of board games, things that you play in 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 the uh, in the uh, in the house. Uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, I don't know. It's by no means what we're going to say is a conclusive and comprehensive list of all the things that children get uh, get uh, get up to. But let's talk perhaps a little bit about some of the things that children do outside of the uh, of the uh, of the house. Uh, you can. Uh, wind up a little toy sort of car or something like that that when you release it uh goes a little bit uh a little bit travels a little bit along the uh along the ground that is permissible however there is a condition attached that there shouldn't be any hooters that uh that go off or any lights that uh you know pulsate on and off as uh, as uh, as it's moving, that would be uh, prohibited on uh, on uh, on on Shabbos. And in fact, it's 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 basically forbidden for children to play with any kind of toys that are run by with with the batteries. It's uh, one of the uh, great pleasures of parenthood that you can actually tell children that all those noisy kind of toys that you actually kind of grit your teeth and, and wish would disappear during the week. On, on Shabbos, you can actually tell them that uh, those things are, are not usable. You can't play them. Put, the, put, them, put those away in the, in the weekday toy box and, uh, and uh, only play with, uh, with, uh, with those. Um, right. You, can't, you cannot uh, blow up a balloon on on uh, Shabbos, because uh, if one would tie it up, then we're very worried one would come to to uh, tie it, 
and according to many opinions, tying a a knot kind of around itself is is uh, often falls into the category of being a a knot which one might even violate a a Torah prohibition for, but certainly would be uh, uh, a forbidden forbidden de, de, de Um However, if it's not a balloon that one ties, if it's something that has, let's say, a plug where you, you close it and you can blow it up like, what's it, like a little ball and uh, you, uh, you blow it up uh, and you don't have to tie it at all and it's not, you're not blowing it up for the first time. It was already blown up once, but as these things go, like the balls, often the, uh, the air doesn't uh, stay in there and some of it's come out and you want to, you want to blow it up. So you're allowed to re-blow up a, a, a ball or toy that, that seals with a, with a stopper and not, and not, uh, and not, uh, tight. Um, Children are not allowed to play on Shabbos with uh, any kind of toy, musical type of instrument, like a little, a little uh, trumpet or a, or a kind of piano, you know, toy pianos, little teeny little Casios, or or uh, or a uh, or a guitar, or any kind of bells or, or noisemakers or cymbals or, or all kinds of things, things like, uh, like that. Uh, in fact, all those kind of toys are actually, are actually muktza and shouldn't be, uh, again, should be put away in a, in a special place. And these are, these are the Shabbos toys, these are the weekday toys not to be played with on, on, on Shabbos. Um, however, you're allowed to give a little baby a, a rattle, right? Even though it uh, it's going to make noise when he uh, when he shakes it. Even though sometimes uh, babies get very excited and they shake it quite vigorously, quite vehemently, and you get quite a quite a quite a beat, quite a quite a a, a tune out of it, or, or something that they uh, that they kind of press a presser on. Uh, you're allowed to give it to them that they should play with it. But the adult is not allowed to, you can't sort of attract the attention of the child by kind of uh, shaking it yourself, making the noise yourself in order, let's say, to get him to turn around and look at you and then give it to you because it's only permitted for the child to play with it, not for the adult. Although, of course, some of us feel very, very childlike inside ourselves and we get a, we get a kick out of doing this, but uh, but nevertheless, uh, 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 noise making toys are only permitted for babies, not for adults to model for for uh, for 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 the babies. Right. Um, okay. Any uh, uh, sand and things like that are are also are also mukta, but. If I've set it aside as a as a children's uh, uh, play area uh, before before Shabbos, then it's not it's not uh, uh, muktzah. Children are allowed to play on it on the condition th- that uh, that it has to be the kind of uh, sand that's very, very it's very thin sand. And it's very, very dry sand that you can't make all kinds of uh, pictures 
pictures in it. But if it's it's quite moist, since you can make holes or, or smooth it out, then children are not allowed to play with it because there's a problem of uh, of building, uh, uh, smoothing out things and making holes falls under the category of boina of and would be, would, would be forbidden. We'll come back with our last segment in a moment. This is Soul to Soul on High FM 101.9. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM. We are back here on your radio in our, I'm sure all the other presenters have uh, commented on uh, in our beautiful new studio in our, in our new location. It's looking very, very nice. It's gotten a lot of other finishing touches since the last time I was here and it's an actual pleasure to, to broadcast and to work and to work from, uh, from from here, and I hope uh, that uh, you are enjoying. I hope maybe that uh, the new the new uh, environment uh, enhances the the experience, even of listening to the show. I'm not sure how that would work, but these things do have a way of uh, of, of working, even if we don't uh, even if we don't understand how it all how it all uh, uh, works. So the last thing we spoke about was playing in the sand. We said that playing in the in the sand, if it's dry and, 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 and sort of fine sand, is okay. As soon as it gets a little bit wet already, it becomes a problem because then it's something that you could uh, then dig in it and you can... Uh, and you can uh, smooth it out, and that already becomes a problem because it falls under the category of uh, of building uh, uh, certainly certainly uh, 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 uh nor of course could you be the uh, the catalyst to make the sand wet you can't uh, bring your little pail and and pour water. In, in the sand. Oh, don't you all remember those days as kids when we used to do that? Uh, you can't take a, uh, a water and, and then, and then kind of, uh, mush it up in the sand because that would fall under the, uh, category of work called lisha, called, uh, called kneading on, uh, on Shabbos so that, uh, we, we can do the sand thing, but go only if it's totally, only if it's totally, uh, 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 dry. Um, if you want, if one wants to play marbles, one can play marbles on a table, but one should not play marbles on on the ground because again, you might have this perfect shot, and in the last moment, it's going to hit a little bit of pebble and get diverted, and you'll miss your your mark, and then of course you'll want to get rid of all the obstructions on the on the floor and move away that thing, and again, you might then come to to smooth out. The floor get rid of little imperfections in the ground, little holes in in the ground, and uh, and uh, in order to ensure that your marble is that you haven't lost your marbles, that your marbles are able to run straight to the the target, and that again would be forbidden on uh, on uh, on Shabbos. Uh, and again, that really I um, gave marbles as example, but the truth is, any kind of floor game that requires particularly a very straight uh, a surface so one shouldn't play that on the on the floor on the floor because of the danger that it might not be as straight as you need it to be and you might then get involved and try to do whatever is necessary to do uh to make it straight and that would be that would be uh problematic because we're worried again that you might come to smooth it out and and be over that is sort of of uh 
of Avbein. And, and, and this applies not only to a dirt floor, we carry this on and we make a gzera, even if it is a, a completely paved floor, we still don't want an, an exterior paved floor, even if it's sort of bricked or, or cobbled, uh, we don't allow playing it on, uh, on, uh, on, uh, on Shabbos because again, we make exeric. If we allow you to play on a paved floor, you might then come and get confused and instead play with it on an unpaved floor, which is completely, which is completely, uh, 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 forbidden and because there you might smooth holes. However, on an interior surface, on a floor inside the, the house, so there you are allowed to play marbles and such, uh, and such games. Why? Because since all houses today are, um, you know, are, have proper floors, uh, not many people live anymore in, certainly in our, in our immediate environment. Uh, not many people live in homes that are earth floor. So therefore, we don't have to make a, uh, a, a gazero. We don't have to make a, uh, a decree that says, well, uh, we're worried that you might come if you allow you to play on a, on a carpeted or, 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 or a lino floor or a tile floor. Come to play outside in a place that's not, that's not, uh, we, we, we compare, we make gazerot to compare things that are very similar to each other. If I'm outside and I'm playing on a paved floor, we're worried you might come to play outside on an unpaved floor. But if you're inside on a paved floor, we're not worried that you're going to go, A, go outside and play on a unpaved floor. That's a bit of a far-fetched uh, thing to worry about. And uh, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not going to, to worry about that on, uh, on, on, on Shabbos. Um, yeah, I, okay, it's, uh, getting told that it's time to, uh, wrap up and we'll do so because I know who's boss. Um, but anyway, it's been so wonderful, uh, being, being back with you and, and uh, carry on. And, uh, I'm really grateful to all of you for, for joining us and being part of our radio family. Stay tuned after our show. We're going to have the three o'clock, uh, news and then, you know, some nice stuff building up to the coming of of a Shabbos, remember, uh, Shabbos candlelighting time we said is before 5.14, 5.14, and please God will have the privilege of speaking to you next Friday, which is just before, obviously, the Tishbav, the first full Tishbav itself, which is on Shabbos, and then the, and then the celebration of, of Tishbav, which will be, uh, next to Shabbos next Saturday night and uh, and Sunday, and perhaps we'll talk a little bit about that in our in our next in our next segment. But just have enough of a moment to wish each and every one of you a fantastic Shabbos Shalom. A time for really for you know to sit down and and enjoy being with your family and and, and have a discussion or to find something meaningful to to uh, to speak about. Ask a good question 
uh, you know, kind of really excite yourself with something, something internally, get your mind moving, get your, get yourself inspired, because that not only lights up your Shabbos, but it incredible, it, it sheds an incredible reflection on the entire, on the entire week ahead, which is, as always, the week of Avazah is a hard week, it's a tough week for the Jews, but we can overcome, and as we have for all these thousands of years, we will, please God, continue to do what we have to do, and uh, fulfill our our mission on the earth. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being part of our radio family. And a huge Shabbos Shalom to all of you.